Welcome to the Real Estate CEO Podcast. The real, unscripted, candid view of what it's like to grow a real estate business from zero to $1 million. And now, your host, Max Maxwell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate CEO Podcast. I am your host, Max Maxwell. Welcome to episode 001. But before we get started, let's talk about today's sponsor. It's REI Skip. REIskip.com is a subscription-based skip tracing service that allows you to be hands-off. All you do is submit your information to them and they return all the information that you need to find the owner of that property. Once again, that's REIskip.com. And in today's episode, we are interviewing a good friend of mine, Brent Moreno, who is going to be talking about how he finds seller leads and how he gets buyers so quickly and talk about how he's making thirty to forty thousand dollars a month within six months of a business and he's shooting for one hundred thousand dollars in next month. So let's talk to Brent and see what is going on. I hope everybody got their pen out. If you're at your desk, if you're driving or on the treadmill, just go back and watch this stuff. I'll put a lot of things in the show notes. And once again, welcome to episode zero zero one. Let's get into some wholesaling tactics because Brent, tell me a little bit about what you got going on and where you're at in your business right now. Well, I have been had a busy, busy uh, last couple of weeks, so, uh, which is pretty good because I had a little bit of a slow month, a little bit of a dip. But uh, right now I'm working on about six contracts to close in October. Got a few appointments on Monday and on Tuesday before I had to leave out. So uh, hopefully converting those and uh, hoping to have a six to 10 month October. And that should be a, she should be one of my best uh, months ever. So I started in May, launched my business in May from uh, seeing you on Instagram. And then I realized by talking to you about it, I had a buddy down in Mississippi that was uh, doing it as well. So I wanted to jump in and learn from the get go and get my feet wet and jump in. Like I said, I launched in May and here I am today. So you launched in May and today we're in uh, September. So it's been, um, I'm bad at math. See guys, you don't have to be smart to do this stuff, but it's, it's been, it's been a few months. You're rocking and rolling. So Brent and I know each other from my previous life in the marketing world where we were um, in charge of experiential marketing for some of the top fortune 100 companies in America. And that's where we met each other on the road. And we've always stayed in touch. We've got mutual friends. And what he's talking about is basically when um, he's seen my Instagram and, you know, when I left the marketing world, it piqued his interest, but he wasn't really brand new to it because he had a friend down in Mississippi that was rocking and rolling. And um, it just kind of, I guess when I, when he seen my Instagram, he was like, wait, two of my friends are doing this. Okay. Let me get into this. You know, so now it's September, you're in Maine, you're talking about doing a nine or 10 deal month. Now we've got some, a lot of new people listen to this podcast to try to get, you know, how to start in wholesaling and stuff like that. So when you say nine or 10 deal month, what do you mean by that? So essentially I have right now, I have six uh, houses under contract. Uh, well, actually I have, actually I have five. I got one today. I have to turn in another one tomorrow to the attorney. So that should be a couple. I mean, I got some small ones, you know, and they're not all home runs. I got a couple that's going to make me like 
two to five thousand dollars but then i got some that's i'm looking this one i got today it should bring me anywhere from 15 to 20 but yeah i mean i'm looking to probably have a 40 to sixty thousand dollar a month as it sits right now so that's what that looks like going from basically studying in january to getting my p's and q's or basically getting everything in a line and learning the business from january to may and launching and then basically i hit the ground running i got really lucky got two deals real quick sold them real quick for like 20 grand and uh i kind of got spoiled i thought that was going to be super easy it's like i found these deals incredibly easy and sold them really fast but uh they didn't all work out that way. So since then, I've kind of, you know, had to hustle a little bit more and figure out, you know, what's going to work, what's not working. And uh, I've been consistently doing about two deals a month. Last month was my slow month. I spent a lot of time on the road traveling in July. So I didn't really close anything. I think I closed one deal in August at the beginning of August. And then I got uh, one closing on Monday. And, uh, so yeah, that was, had two months where I only got one deal. So it's good to have a October where my, uh, my work's basically paying off. Let's deep dive like your first month. So you're in this business now for six, seven months. You still got a full-time job, but your full-time job, it's not a full-time job. Explain how your schedule is with your current job. Yeah. So as Max mentioned, we, we both worked in the experiential marketing field and that's what I do now. One of our clients is Anheuser-Busch and, it is a full-time job, as in I get paid a salary, but I'm, I could be gone for two or three weeks at a time on the road, but then I may be home for two or three weeks at a time. So it's been a struggle to kind of really put my foot on the, on the gas to get marketing going and not really be you know, home to go on appointments and stuff like that. Uh, so to solve that issue, I've since brought in two guys and training them on basically how to be acquisitions managers and go on appointments, talk to people on the phone. So they're doing a little bit of both. They're doing a little bit of a, you know, some lead management and then acquisitions as well. Uh, obviously, everything I, I approve everything they do. Brent, before you get that detail, let's let's go back to month one. You said month one, you slammed it out the park and you did twenty thousand dollars in your first two deals in month one. Now, what's interesting about that is that a lot of people that listen to this podcast, they're wondering. How do they get started? What does month one look like to them? So tell us how you came upon those two deals and and how you would be able to get so successful so quickly. Yeah, I think it. Uh, it th- there was a little bit of luck involved. I say luck, but it was really a lot of work. I mean, uh, I, I spent a lot of time. You know, I launched in May, which means I had my website going and my logo up and and everything else. But that doesn't mean I wasn't working on real estate. I was actively pursuing the knowledge that I needed to feel comfortable going into these homes. And talking to people back in December, January, but I act. I actually launched in May, and I basically I just thought about ways that. Well, I'm on the road, so I can't drive for dollars all the time. So what can I do? Well, I can look for a bird dog. Well, who would be a good bird dog? Well, I had a community of. Explain to us what a bird dog is. Okay, so a bird dog is someone who basically drives around, submits uh, houses that appear to be vacant. They send you a picture, the address, and if we can close on the deal, then I usually give them a thousand bucks. So they just basically are, they're working for themselves and, uh, you know, they have to. Let's, let's deep dive that. How was the process? So somebody 
So you you hired you or you hired or you contracted somebody that was already driving around. I think in your case it was an Uber driver that was already on the road. How did they send you the property? What what did you ask them to send you? Yeah, so I, I basically I had a really interesting uh, opportunity. I was already running. I was doing a little bit of Uber on the side whenever I'd come home just because I'd get bored at staring at the walls. And that was the only way I knew how to make money. That wasn't another part-time job that was going to work around my schedule. So I started a community on Facebook. I had like 150 members. I posted on there about, hey, uh, would you be interested in making an extra 500 to to $1,000 a month from doing what you're already doing? So I had a bunch of people hit me up. I had probably about 10 people who were like, who were like okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. One person. One person took the opportunity and ran with it, and she was awesome, and she still is. She's doing a great job for me. She's brought me two deals, and I have gave her $2,000. And uh, so essentially, she just basically drives around. She, she drives for Uber, which I thought it was a no-brainer. If you're going to be driving around, you're going to be driving around people's neighborhoods, picking people up. If you spot an empty house that the grass has grown up, mailbox is overflowing there's papers on the ground that haven't been open you can see straight through the house it looks like it's got some some damage to it and the yards and it hasn't been picked up garbage hasn't been taken out then that house is probably vacant so she would take a picture of it type in the address and send it to me and then i would go on the back end research it skip trace those people and start making cold calls and that's how i got my first deal now did you were, were you, was she sending it to you via text message? Is that what was going on? Yeah, she was just sending it to me via text. So now fast forward to now you find a piece of property and, and she sends you a deal and what happens? Uh, so she sends me a deal. There was a house that had been bought and, and nothing's been done to it in like three years. I contacted the guy. Um, he said he would be interested in selling it. He just doesn't have the time to fix it up. We met at the property. Got it under contract for twenty seven thousand. Very next day, I sold it for forty thousand, and then I just basically gave her the thousand dollars for bringing me the deal. Awesome. So that's deal number one. You flip, you make a profit of around thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars. What's deal number two? This is all within your first month of launching. Yeah. So deal number two was uh, my buddy in Mississippi was up here. We were actually going to go up to the NFL draft together, and we stopped at home for a couple of days to do some driving for dollars. And uh, just to kind of show them around the neighborhood and look for some places. And we were in a real nice area of town. If you're familiar with Columbia, South Carolina, it's called Wildwood. But um, real nice area on a golf course, three, four, five hundred thousand dollar houses. And uh, just kind of noticed one yard was was unkept, and it's unusual for that neighborhood. Jumped out of the truck, went up to the window, looked in, could tell that you know they'd been doing some kind of construction in there, but it doesn't look like they had done anything in a while locate the owner. She doesn't live there. She's in a, like a townhome somewhere else. And I couldn't get a hold of her. So I looked for the next of kin. Next of kin's a son uh, who lives here in Columbia. I hit him up. I give him a call. He finally calls me back. And then he says, yeah, it's, it's my mother's property. I'm tired of fighting with her on getting it rehabbed. And I just we just want to go and sell it. So I meet him at the property. He wants 190. I end up we end up selling at 175, and I think I ended up with that one at uh, 183 or 184 or something like that. I can't remember. It was ended up being around uh, seven or eight thousand dollars on that property, but that one was a lot of consistency, just a lot of following up. He didn't when I got back in town to uh, meet with him. He he didn't call me back. He didn't text me. 
He didn't do anything. And I would call him every single day, text him every single day. I was like, well, he's getting cold feet. He don't want to sell. And I was trying to tell him, I was like, just tell me if you don't want to sell this property, I'll stop bugging you. Just tell me, but I'm not going to stop bugging you until you tell me to back off. And, uh, right. I mean, I, you know, I just smelled some blood in the water and I was like, I'm just going after it. Like you told me you wanted to sell. So I'm, I'm here. Let's go. Let's go look at this place. So I find him on Facebook and cause I couldn't get a hold of him any other way and found out we have a mutual friend. Well, through some of my old workings and my old colleagues that one of the people I used to work with is a mutual friend. So I hit him up and I was like, Hey, how well do you know? And he's like, Oh, that's the owner's of the company I work for, son-in-law. I was like, well, really? I know him, so could you tell him like I've been trying to get a hold of him? Very next day, get a phone call. We go out, look at the property, and two days later, we had it under contract, and less than a week later, I had it sold. So just persistence. So persistent on both of you. Yeah, persistent on b- both of your deals really help, but it looks like you got a trend. Your first two deals were found in the trenches. Somebody else was driving for dollars, and then one you were driving for dollars. So your first two deals were on the road driving for dollars. How much money you spent on marketing? I spent zero money on marketing. So that's the point I'm trying to get across. You don't need money to get your feet wet in this business. Now, month one, you got 20 grand in the bank. What do you do next? Like, where are you now in your business? Let's fast forward six months later. We're now in September. Where are you in your business right now? Okay, so I took it, took that money and said, okay, well, there's a couple of things I can do. I didn't really believe that much in into direct mail just because it's expensive and everyone else is direct mailing. It seems like everybody and their mom is going to list source, pulling a list and sending to those people. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I get I get phone calls all the time, but my mail is very, very targeted. My mail is to people where I know the house is empty. I've been there and I you know, I, I know there's probably some interest in selling it and I can't get a hold of them on the phone. If I can't get a hold of you on the phone, then I, my last resort is I'm going to mail you. So I print some letters out. I put them in a colorful envelope, throw a stamp on there and mail it off. And I did my last batch. I think I did like 33 mailers last week and I've already gotten four phone calls. So you see, that's that's the difference. So you said your last resort is to mail versus your first resort is to mail. So you're not... And, and, and people know I'm a big, I don't like direct mailing. Now it works. And it works if you can spend $25,000 a month, every month in order to get that deal. And the statistics is it's it's four to five touches. So four to five mail pieces to the same address is what gets you a deal. So that's why, you know, Brent, I tell, I tell people on my Instagram story all the time that, listen, unless you got front end, a lot of money, direct mail is not for you because the response is one to 3%. But, you know, I also learned from Sean Terry and he loves direct mail. So, but, you know, Sean Terry's, he's got the money to front load it up. He's sending 150,000 pieces out. And, you know, so he he has the money. But so you're saying your first attempt is to call a person, right? So you're skip tracing these individuals, whatever you're using. And if you don't have a skip trace service, you can use REI skip. You know, I got to plug the sponsor. But, you know, you can use REI skip. So you're skip tracing these people and then. You're then turning around and you're calling them if you can't get a hold of them or the next of kin because your your deal on the big house, you you reached out to the son, so you took it even further, um, which which is pretty cool. So with with that being said, you love cold calling versus mailing. 
And what is your cost to cold call? And how fast are you reaching that versus direct mail? Well, I mean, my, I use CallRail, so I have $30 a month for 10 numbers. But, uh, I mean, my cost to call anybody is, you know, just my time. I mean, it's honestly, I think more people, if more people were spending the time to call people and they weren't so scared to just like, I'm calling this person out of the blue. And uh, what are they going to do? Like, what if they mad or whatever? It's like, I get people all the time to call me back and say, don't ever call me again. I just kind of laugh it off. It's kind of funny. It is funny. You know, when I'm training individuals that want to learn about wholesaling, I tell them, listen, what you do is you pick up the phone and you cold call them. I said, don't try to be perfect. You're just another human on that phone line that says, hey, I'm an investor. You can stumble over your words. You can say, I want to know if you have any interest of selling your home. And the answer is going to be yes, no, or stop effing calling my house. You know, one of the three, neither one of them hurt. One of them makes you a lot of money and the other one gets you better. So it's like, you know, it, 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 there's no cold calling is the way. I, and that's where I'm pushing a lot of my business. And obviously, you know, this podcast is about how I'm taking the business from thirty dollars to $40,000 every month and growing it to 100000 And I believe, well, I know you and I are in a challenge to get to 100000 A couple of us, there's four guys we know that are challenging each other to get to the first 100000 consecutively for two months. But, you know, it, it's good that you're doing cold calling and, and, and your business is growing and you're spending that $20,000 smart versus saying, hey, I'm going to drop 10 grand in, in mail pieces and just hope you get a call back. You're proactively slicing out the dollar bill you're sending out. But so now we're here, we fast forward, we're seven months. What are your business goals for the next three to six months? Where do you, where do you want to be? What, what's, what's, what's your plan? My plan is to consistently do 60 to 80,000 a month, basically, and then reinvest all that. I, I want to get to that point to where I can invest that money in direct mail to where I can just be, okay, direct mail is going to cost me, you know, $8,000 this month. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep pushing it and let's see where it goes. But as of right now, I'm dumping all my money into AdWords, things like slide broadcasting, which is great, which if you don't know what slide broadcasting is, it just leaves a little voicemail without really ringing the phone. I just leave a little message that says I'm interested in buying a home in your area. If this message pertains to you, Give me a call back. If not, have a blessed day. It's really hard for anybody to call you and cuss you out if you say, have a blessed day at the end of the, I think you're the one that told me that. So I'd use that little nugget and, and throw it in there. So, you know, I've had a couple of people call me back and they're like, oh, I just missed a call from this number. You know, no, I don't have anything. No. Okay. I'm sorry. Have a good day. So where are you with employees? Are you looking at hiring? Do you have virtual assistants? How's your, how's the structure of your company set up right now? I know you're a solo entrepreneur, essentially, but how, how's it looking? So the two guys that I brought in are actually uh, two friends of mine. One of them is used to be the uh, lead singer of a band. I used to tour manage out of Chicago. I was just up there recently, and I was telling them about the business, how things are going. That you know, hey, you know, anybody can do this. It doesn't take a whole lot. And him and another friend decided, like, hey, you know, could we come to South Carolina and work for you and learn this business? I said, sure, I could use the help. I'm going to be gone. I plan on putting my foot on the gas for marketing and I need some bodies. I need somebody to go at least go take pictures of the property, kind of see and fill them out where they're at. And then I can make the decisions and we'll come to a conclusion until you get more comfortable making offers. So I have two guys right now who are helping and they're all commission based. I don't pay them a salary. I feel like I'm doing them a huge service of teaching them 
the business and spending a lot of time with them, but they're also helping me a lot as well. But I don't have any desire to pay a salary when my business can be doing, you know, sixty to a hundred thousand dollars a month, and they could be walking away with, you know, six to ten thousand dollars a month in deals. So no virtual assistance for you right now, all all in house. No, no virtual assistance right now, uh, just because I have two able-bodied people that can work on just about anything. I don't. I had I had hired a virtual assistant for a little bit. She was doing a great job. However, with everything that's going on with my business and being so new, I I don't really do a great job of delegating tasks, especially to somebody that's not right in front of me or I'm not in direct communication or on the phone with or can't text or whatever. So if you have a virtual assistant, you pretty much have to say, this is you, you have to get done this today, get this done today, get this done during this time, you know, yada, yada. And starting out, I just didn't have that much for them to be doing. Now with the marketing that I'm doing with the pay-per-click and the Google AdWords and the slide broadcasting, and once I start mailing, stuff like that, then you know, I'll probably have a little more work, a little more back-end work for somebody for a virtual assistant, basically. How much money are you spending on Google AdWords each month? What is your budget right now? You know, it's not a ton. I think I'm around $900 a month, which isn't crazy. I mean, that's not, that's not, that's not a lot. And I've been getting, it's giving me about one or two leads a day. What's the quality of the leads? I would say it's been 50-50, but I've hired a company now that is basically taking it over and is ramping everything up and making it more cost effective and more direct. It's been it's been a good process so far from seeing what they did with what I could do with Google AdWords and seeing what they can do for Google AdWords. It's just a totally different realm. They've done a great job, and so far it's been pretty good. I mean, I think the, the last couple that have came in have been some really really good deals. In the process of locking one up right now, that's probably going to make an investor about a hundred grand. So. Uh, that came from directly from AdWords. You know, in this in this podcast, we like to talk about directly kind of what is working for you and tips that we can leave people that they can listen to this podcast and take away immediately. So what is what is working best for you right now for selling leads? If you had to name two things and you had to do away with everything else, name two things that are working the best for you right now to get seller leads. Like the question, how do you get motivated sellers? How do I get motivated sellers? I think for me, uh, and granted, this just all kind of really depends on your budget. Google AdWords is my favorite just because it's not a whole heck of a lot of money. And if you've got a little bit of time to get it set up, it doesn't. And it's basically whatever you're comfortable with. So if you only want to spend $5 a day, well, then you can spend $5 a day. At least you're out there. Google AdWords is great. But if it was me just starting out like I did back in May, I would suggest getting in your car. I mean, just get in your car and drive. I mean, there's so many empty houses out there. Granted, I run into a lot of them are bank owned and stuff like that. Um, that's a whole other world we could get into. But get in your car and drive around. Tell your friend. I mean, that, that your immediate circle will be your biggest cheerleaders and probably know somebody that has a house that they inherited or, you know, it's in really bad shape that needs a lot of work or somebody's looking to downsize. Somebody knows somebody in your immediate circle. So if you have that around you, that's also a great way to get started for nothing. So the best sources you're saying right now is for seller leads, you're saying basically drive for some dollars and Google AdWords is what you're loving right now. 
Yeah, and I and I love Slide Broadcast too. I mean, because it's, it's. I mean, I think I paid five hundred bucks and I got ten thousand cold calls right there. And granted, they're not targeted, but as it shows today, I got called yesterday and we went on an appointment today, and I got one under contract that should make me anywhere from fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. That's I'll spend five hundred dollars all day long. Absolutely. Now, one of the most I say one of the things that is not talked about that much when I listen to other training stuff and I listen to people talk about it, everybody say, how can I find motivated sellers? How can I find motivated sellers? What's very important in this game is how do you find buyers? How do you find cash true buyers? And I'm going to ask you the same question. If you had to choose two things in your business on how you accumulate your cash buyers list, what are your best ways of doing so? Okay. So I found my first buyers the old fashioned way. I just waited for a, uh, foreclosure auction to happen. I went to the foreclosure auction and I just kind of sat and I listened and I watched. And I watched for the people who were throwing around a lot of money, buying up a lot of properties. I was like, I need to get to know those people. The people I didn't get the chance to meet that day just so happens every time you win. I don't know how it is in your state or every other state, but in South Carolina, the way it works is, or at least in my county, when someone wins a property, at auction, they have to announce either their personal name or their business name. So every time somebody won an auction, I'd write down their name or their business name. So, and if with a business name, it's just real easy to go back and search the Secretary of State's website, find who filed, filed it, and usually there's a number there somewhere. So that's how I found my first buyers was basically going to the auction, introducing myself, and sitting there and just listening and and uh, finding out who had the money. And he makes a good point, guys. What he's basically doing is, and in every county, you know, properties go up for foreclosure because of some other situation, financial, whether it's tax foreclosure or whether it's a mortgage foreclosure. You go to that courthouse, went on the planned day for the actual sale. You sit out there like you're going to be buying property and you watch these people raise their hand and see who's bidding the big bucks because those are the guys who got cash. They got to make an they got to make an offer that day. They got to put down a deposit and they got 30 days to close and they're buying houses, you know, usually around 70 percent, 80 percent of what the value is. If it's a nice foreclosure, introduce yourself to these guys, give them a business card and say, listen, I can find you properties all day long and tell me what you're looking for. And once they tell you that you go out and find exactly what that person is looking for and, and, and you can make some good money. So. That's I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I really think that's the key. And it's something that Kent Clothier talks about all the time is like, ask them what they're looking for. Don't cast such a, I mean, anybody can get in the car and drive around neighborhood. I can go to the worst neighborhood in, in Columbia and find hundreds of, you know, vacant houses. Nobody wants them. And if they do buy them, they buy them for like $2,000. It sounds ridiculous, but it's true. But find out what they're looking for. Hey, what, what areas do you focus on? Like what, what neighborhoods do you love the most? What's your perfect investment? What do you, you know, how much do you typically spend on your rehabs? You know, are you looking for fire damages? Are you looking for something that's like, oh, you know, like turnkey, just a little quick touch up hotel, you know, that time. Are you, are you buying the hold for rentals? You know, what's your goal? What's your strategy? What area are you interested in the most? And then go out and hit those areas hard. And that way you're not focusing all your time on areas that nobody wants. 
I think I got a couple more questions for you. You know, we don't like to make the podcast too long because, you know, I listen to them on the on the treadmill and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I can only do about 30 minutes or so. This question, you know, I like to ask a lot of my guests. And it's, you know, if you knew what you knew now when you first started in this wholesaling real estate, what would you have done different in the beginning with the information that you have now? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I wish if I knew what I knew now, I would have started 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But uh, I, I think um, I, I didn't fall into a lot of those pitfalls that some people do where they spend a lot of money on mailing and then nothing happens or get one under contract, wasn't going to sell because it just wasn't the right price. Uh, you see a lot of that. A lot of wholesalers hit me up with deals all the time with literally retail prices. And I'm like, what? Well, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm not, I'm not going to move into this house. I think I was just very, very careful and I studied very hard and I'm very meticulous with my numbers that I don't want to make any mistakes. So, you know, knock on wood, I've been very adamant about making sure my numbers are right and I've been, that all my contracts would go through and that I didn't end up making a mistake that would set me back and possibly cost my business. That makes sense. So you're, you're just saying, hey, listen, I don't want to, you know, get houses under contract that are too much because you got to have a deal for you to be able to sell it. If you're not going out there and finding buyers first to know exactly what you're supposed to be getting, then you're going to, you better know your numbers well. I think there's one thing that I can say that actually makes sense that just came to my mind to that question. Don't be scared to put it under contract because if you're, even if you're a little unsure of your numbers, there's always somebody usually willing to pay just a little bit more if you did get it a little wrong. Obviously, if you get it way wrong, no one's going to touch it. Uh, but if your contract's right, you should be able to back out of it either way. And worst case scenario, you lose your earnest money of like 10 bucks, 100 bucks, or whatever you're using. I've lost more than that in the hand of a blackjack. But I will say, don't be scared to put something under contract because I actually had a wholesaler over the other day for the game and we were talking and he offered her. 7000 for the house. I offered her the same thing. She wouldn't take it. She wanted at least 9000 This is a really beat up house and kind of a rough area. I was like, you know what? I said, like, I can do the $9,000. That's, let us just put it on a contract. And that one's going to close next week. And I should make about three grand on it. Yeah. And sometimes three grand is it's not 10 grand or 15 grand, but it's money. So, you know, a little error in your numbers can be a difference between making 15000 or 3000 Either way, you're still winning as long as you're not going backwards and you're always learning. I really appreciate some of the tips and I hope that everybody else does as well, too. Okay, Brent, in this part of the show is when a caller calls in and they leave a message on a voicemail that I have set up and they ask a question. So what happens is you're going to answer the question and I'm going to answer the question. And if you're listening out there in podcast land, the number is 704-727-4333. That's 704-727-4333. So take a listen to this and tell me what you think. Hey, what's up, man? My name is Pablo Tomwalda and I've asked you questions before and you've always given good advice. So with that being said, my question today is how should I start my direct marketing campaign and what did you do that worked when you first started yours? So did you, were you able to understand that and hear that one? Yeah, I could hear it. Okay, so what is, what is your answer? What do you think? How should he start his direct marketing campaign? And what did you do that works? I would say, just like we talked about earlier, cold call, cold call, cold call. You can't get any more direct than calling somebody up. Skip trace them if you don't have a program. REI skip, it's a great one. But yeah, I mean, cold call them. 
And if you can't get a hold of them, then then mail them because it doesn't cost you anything but a little bit of time. Find the number, give them a call. If you can't get a hold of them, call the next of kin, husband, son, wife, whatever, brother, sister-in-law. I mean, I'll, I'll go way down the line if I have to. But yeah, it doesn't cost anything. Then if you can't get a hold of them, just mail them and you know take the time to write. You you might have thirty people you couldn't get a hold of. Well, just print a letter or write a letter. I use some real colorful envelopes, so it looks like you know maybe the the grandson or, or granddaughter might have sent it. It's handwritten, and that they get I get a great response rate from it because it's very targeted and it's you know people I had a really hard time getting a hold of. So that that would be the best way I would say for direct marketing. Uh, if you were just starting out and didn't have a ton of money to invest. I agree. And I'm going to second that one and say, you know, if you are going to do direct mail as a marketing, make sure it's targeted like we talked about before. Make your own list by whether it's the tax delinquents list, the code violations list. Don't buy the list. Make your own list from your town. Make the data hot and fresh. Drive around. Find 30, 40, 50 houses. If you can't get a hold of them through skip trace, then you're going to send them a letter. And then you, that's how you're going to minimize how much money you're going to put out, but you're going to increase your hustle, right? And that's what happens. When you don't have a lot of money, you're going to increase your hustle, spend a little bit of money, and keep rolling. Well, Brent, we really appreciate you being a guest on episode 001 here for the CEO podcast, real estate podcast. And um, congratulations, you're number one. I wish I had like a party music or something to play for you. But, you know, out there in the internet world, where can people get a hold of you? Uh, they can find me at www.cashhomescarolina.com or they can email me at brent at cashhomescarolina.com. All right. Awesome. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Do you have any social media? People want to follow you, see what you're doing through your day? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Instagram. My personal one is at Mr. Sippy. And then my obviously at Cash Homes Carolina. And then you can find me on Facebook as well. Awesome. Like again, once again. Brent, thanks for being a guest here at the Real Estate CEO Podcast. You have a great evening and you keep kicking ass. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate CEO Podcast with Max Maxwell. Make sure to tune in next week to see what else is going on in the world of a growing real estate company.